I believe that becoming a better man means being more reliable and more supportive in relationships. Whether that be with friends, family or partners, human connection is important for all of us. So I've designed a test that will help you improve yourself and your relationships. There's a link to it in the show notes. I'll tell you more at the end of this episode. For now, enjoy listening. It got to a point where I needed to get out, so I needed a get-out plan because I knew there was no future there and I knew that it just didn't agree with my soul. Welcome to Stories of Men, Beneath the Surface. I'm Alex Melia. Join me as we discover what it means to be a man in the modern era. In today's episode... We'll explore how the messages a man hears when he's just a boy can ricochet throughout his whole life. Jay was a manager at a printing company in Essex. He'd been there for five years, but he hated the job. Hated giving people orders that he didn't agree with. Shortly before his 30th birthday, Jay began plotting his escape route. It was a Friday morning. I had been in for about an hour and then I received a, a phone call. I was feeling quite anxious at that point. I didn't know kind of like what the meeting was about or anything like that. It was very last minute. So I'm walking towards the meeting room. I'm passing everybody that, that I, I would normally pass in the morning. The heart is beating. It's through a printing factory. So you can imagine I'm walking straight through the factory. The printers churning out the printing jobs uh, that they've got on, the thick smell of ink in the air. I sat and, and waited in the waiting room. Finally, I, I got called into the meeting room and at the head of the table was the general manager. And then his assistant uh, was to the side of him. He was kind of like a, a, a big friendly guy. If you got on the bad side of him, you would see the bad side of him and you would see the depths of his, his bad side as well. But if you were on the right side of him, like he was like a just a friendly giant. He said, take a seat and just sat there and he said, um, I, th- I think you probably know what this is going to be about. Basically, I then got found out that I was, uh, I was looking for jobs uh, during work hours. He then said, we're going to have to let you go. A few things flashed before my eyes and, and like through my mind. And it wasn't so much about that I was getting out of the job. It was the fact of my financial situation. It was the fact that I had a mortgage and had other financial commitments to pay in the next few months. I got quite emotional and like unexpectedly, like I started to cry. I'm here sitting in front of two two men uh, crying. I stepped away from the table and walked towards the window and kind of like looked outside and thought, right, what am I going to do now? Like, I've, I've got no safety net. The general manager, he, he said, take a seat, calm down a little bit, kind of like collect your thoughts and you will need to leave the premises in a minute and he, he will need to escort me out of the building. I didn't want to leave in that manner. How am I going to hide this from everybody? Like, I'm going to, I don't want to kind of like show my vulnerability to like the team I used to work with and everybody else. But I didn't want to seem like I had been fired, I didn't, I didn't, like I was ashamed. So I went upstairs and put on like the bravest face, like try and make sure that like I was just, I looked normal. I kind of walked to my desk, my computer screen was still on. 
And I basically got my bag and I said to everybody that I'd got a new job. I then headed for the door. And then as I was going down the stairs, I passed the guy who was the one that actually told on me. But I went up to him, I shook his hand because ultimately he was the one that actually got me out of that job. So you've immediately gone from feeling sad and, and trying to make it seem like you've not been fired and then you've switched into this sort of positive mindset of actually I should be grateful to this guy so I'm going to shake his hand. Yep, yep. He's the one that got me out of this situation like like he he actually gave me that helping hand, that push. So you you walked to the car. I walked to the car and then get in the car and then there's this kind of like sigh of relief <laughs> immediately as I get in the car and I'm kind of like We'll get back to the episode in a second. Before that, I just want to say, if you think this episode would be useful to a friend, send it along. You never know, it might just be the exact thing they're looking for today. And now back to the show. It's actually happened. Like, I've actually left there. Like, and I'm not going back. So at this point, I was kind of like, right, I'm just going to sit here and just kind of take this in. uh, Because this is a moment where, like, things are going to change and things are going to change for the better. I knew that, like I, I knew because like my back was against the wall at that point. Like I had to find another way. There's no other way than forward. So at, at that point I was sat in my car and then I called my, um, my partner at the time and, and told her kind of uh, what had happened, but I wasn't honest with her. So I, I wanted to seem as though I I was the hero in the situation and I had walked out and I regret to this day that I was dishonest in that respect but there's so many things that go through your mind at that time um, and I know I was just in the frame of mind of I, I because I had said to the other people that that I had kind of got a new job I don't like being dishonest. I like being a mad in my word. But then there's these things that, that lead you to being dishonest. And then it's it's like a snowball effect. You lie on one situation and then you're like, okay, I, I have to lie there. Mm. And and then it's just the point where you just have to stop lying yeah. because it's 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 not good for anybody. It's not good for yourself. And it's not because like to be authentic and live in your truth, you, you need to speak your truth. And whatever happens, like you just need to accept it. You know, I'm fascinated by alpha males, what makes an alpha male. And it seems like this general manager was this sort of dominant leader, alpha male figure. Mm-hmm. When you went into that meeting room and he, and he tells you this, and he's, it sounds like he just spoke with the utmost clarity. This is the situation. We're going to have to let you go. Do you think it added gravitas to the situation for the fact that there was two men there as opposed to a man and a woman or or two women? I think obviously it did have an effect on on my response. I mean, I couldn't hold back my emotions. It's kind of like, not like I suppressed any emotions, but it was almost like I was being vulnerable in front of two men. And it was, um, it, it was, it was quite unsettling to a certain degree because it was like I wasn't comfortable. Like, I mean, it's, it's hard to kind of explain, but you're not comfortable in that situation. Um, when you're you're facing two men and you're showing your vulnerability because you're fully exposed, fully exposed at that point. It's like your coat of armor is no longer like attached to you. 
Yeah. I've had so many jobs when I was in my teens and early 20s. And it was kind of part-time jobs when I was at university or I was at college or whatever. And I was in a gardening job and I wasn't particularly good at it. And the guy, the guy sacked me and he was an alpha male. And he said, look, mate, I'm going to have to let you go, you know, and uh, all the best for the future. So then when I went home, I kept it all in. And then when I went into the living room, I just burst into tears in front of my mum and dad. And that was the vulnerability that played out. And I felt it was a very safe space. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you think that was a safe space for you to cry? No. That's why it was unexpected. And it was like I tried to hold it back, but it's hard to hold back certain emotions, especially kind of like when you're upset. And I, I think when there's certain things that are attached to that as well and you just can't hide it, when I say um, certain things that's attached, I mean kind of like from a financial aspect, if, if you're going to be in a situation because of that, it's not so much about actually uh, losing the job. It's the material aspect. And it's kind of like, I think in this day and age, we're, we're so kind of tied to material materialism and the fact that if we are vulnerable, even through our materialism, through our financial situation, then it shows us being weaker as men because there, there's a, again, we're exposed, we're, we're, we're weaker because we find a sense of stability based on our financial situation. Mm. So when that's removed, it's like, it's a challenge. You lower down, you lower down in the, the social hierarchy. Say, for example, your friends are doing well, they've got their jobs. They are going to certain class of restaurants or they're going to a certain class of bar or nightclub or they can go on holidays. If you have a lower paying job or you don't have a job at all, it's pretty much evident to them that you, you're not doing so well in your career yep. because you can't afford to do all those things. You make excuses about, up, oh, sorry, lads, I've not got any money. Or, or sometimes you just don't say that you've got no money because you're embarrassed about it. So you might make up some kind of sort of wild excuses. So it's, it's interesting you say about being exposed and being weak as well. I think men do feel empowered to a certain degree based on their financial status, their their social status, and it's all of these external things that are part of what makes a man feel how he wants to feel or how he should feel. But you remove everything, and then what are you left with? Like That's where true confidence is. If you remove everything, who are you then? Because they are just a shield of armor. Yeah, I sometimes think to myself, who am I if I don't have my business and the podcast doesn't go well? What am I left with? Am I going to have the confidence that I have now or is that going to dissipate? And it's, it's a really interesting question to ask ourselves because who was Jay in the car? He's just lost his job. He's worried about his the material things in his life. You know, who, who is he in that moment? I find it's very important to kind of like feed your mind with the right things and kind of try and look at the positives in situations because it's then it's then that you can kind of like flip things flip negatives into positives and and you don't look at just the negatives because if you just look at the negatives then you're not going to find a solution to the problem that you you really need to kind of like step out of yourself and kind of look at look at everything from kind of like a, a bird's eye view and kind of assess the situation and i i think I'm, I'm pretty capable of doing that now i mean it's got it's taken a little bit of work to get there um mm. with like meditation and, and that kind of thing but you you start to kind of like 
realize the capabilities of your mind, but it's by you training your mind to be like that. Mm. And that's where you become resilient. And that's where you can kind of um, f fully kind of um, relate to other people as well as yourself more because you understand yourself more. The guy that you were in that car, there was an element of you being in a really... Uh, an optimist because you you know you can imagine if i can imagine myself in that situation i might have i don't know i might have held that on onto that for hours and hours and hours where you've just gone just had a, a really difficult situation i've lost my job i go into the car and a switch is like this almost positive switch negative to positive and it's just flipped upside down it's like it seems like you've just seen opportunity now what what's available to me yeah, yeah, yeah. the restrictions the barriers that were in place before they've gone now yep yeah, it was freeing. That's what, like, I just, I remember sitting in the car and like, just thinking, yeah, I'm free. Like, I'm free now. The time that I told you about before with crying in the living room to my parents after I'd been sacked, letting those tears out that day was, was very freeing. And it sounds like it was, it was that way for you too. Yeah, I think it was, it was obviously needed. I think just being mindful of a, a previous conversation I'd had with my mum and about her not liking to see men cry. She mentioned that to me one time. She said, it's, I don't like to see men cry. There's been a few stages in my life where I've cried in front of my mum. And although that I've felt vulnerable in front of her, it's um, it, it felt okay at the time. But it's knowing that she does think that about men. I mean, th there are other outlets that you can kind of express yourself, whether that's like training at the gym, like sparring or like that kind of thing. So it's, th there are other outlets, but I think that to get the, the, the full, um, the benefit, because I, I think that's what it is as well. It's a, it's a benefit, like you unleashing certain emotions at the right time, because otherwise if they do fester, they turn into something completely mm. different and, it, and it, that can then have a mm. snowball effect onto other things. I don't think I ever had that conversation with my own mother about whether it was whether boys should cry or not. Anytime I cried, which was sporadically, she'd be shocked. Where does this stem from, do you think, with your mother of boys don't cry and, and how has that impacted you over the years? And, and also, did your mum's face or voice roll through your mind when you're crying in front of these two guys? I don't think it did. It's more of like an afterthought. Maybe it was just subliminal, like um, or kind of like just deep within me that that I'd heard her say that uh, a long time ago. And whether that that was between my mum and my dad, and it was like a time when like my my dad may have showed vulnerability. I don't know. Um, but you always kind of like pick up on things that your your parents kind of say. It's it's crazy. Like you you don't necessarily kind of like judge your parents for what they say or kind of like question but it's like they they've said something so it must mean must mean that it's true like if if you kind of like interpret that when you're younger and then you kind of like you grow older kind of like with that same belief but never questioning why like i think that that's important i think when we all become more mindful it's like question what your parents kind of told you because like ultimately that kind of has a big impact on your behavior later on in life yeah with your relationship with your your mother in particular, what was your relationship with her like growing up? It's funny because basically my my mum brought me and my brother up. So like my, my dad was around, but like uh, we lived with my mum. 
and obviously two boys and there's a big age difference between me and my brother so um i can imagine that it was a challenge for her. like like i have so much love for her now and and so much respect for her and like she she's a loving woman and she's she's a nurturer all of that kind of stuff but at the time like i mean i didn't know any different like i i would be playing up i wouldn't really listen like and i was i had an older brother and i always had to kind of like really always defend myself mm. i was just thinking there when you said about your the fact your mother brought you up and she said boys don't cry is it because she's playing the father role and the mother role Maybe. compensate for the fact that your dad's not around yeah that's perhaps where it comes from and i'm i mean if i probably ask her i'm sure that she probably won't actually give me uh, she won't be able to give me an answer like like when you get to the real deep root of like where where did you get that from mm. was that from your parents like and then she probably won't be able to give me a, a proper answer so and that's what i mean like taking things for gospel you really need to question things that you're being taught when you were younger because they have such an impact especially like mm. from the ages of when you're born to the age of six when you, when you're kind of like like you're yeah. basically sponge so you copy everything and you and then you take that behavior with you for the rest of your life. And it's just within that short space of time. Mm. I always find that the, the impressive people that I meet, uh, the people who question things, mm -hmm. I'm just thinking back to my government school upbringing, whether we actually were taught to question things. It was sort of like the chalk and talk method of teaching where they write stuff on the yeah, board yeah, and then yeah. you copy it down in your textbook. But that, there's no question in that really. It's, it's just yeah. revising facts and figures but actually to question things is a real skill. Yeah, I mean, we're not taught that. Kids aren't taught that today in, in, in schools. And we're not taught that amongst society as well to kind of like question. We're not told to question the media, but yet you have to. There's many narratives and there's many sides to many stories. Mm. And it's like if there's only one narrative, then you need to look for the other narrative because there's like there's something being hidden there. I found it fascinating that Jay hated his job, but he was still devastated when he got fired. Why was that? Was it a point of pride? Was it a feeling of rejection? He wasn't able to leave the job on his own terms, and therefore it was outside of his realm of control. A lot of men, myself included, we want to control the narrative, and in this case, Jay wasn't able to do that. I've definitely had my fair share of jobs where I've been sacked, and on a couple of occasions, I did lie to people about why I'd left that job. I became very self-reflective about one particular point that Jay made, that if we don't have our job, we don't have our money and our material things, what are we left with? It's something that I have to be honest with myself, that I think I would feel less of a man if I didn't have all the things that I've got in my life. These achievements have definitely given me confidence and self-esteem. This episode with Jay has reaffirmed to me the importance of being honest with ourselves and with others when we've had some sort of rejection in our lives and things haven't gone well for us. Because life is not all about constant successes and achievements, we have to face the rejections and the successes which are inevitable in all of our lives. And I think it's important to acknowledge that it's extremely difficult because we're constantly subjected to an endless stream of successes and achievements. People want to highlight their successes, but they're more afraid and not as confident to actually highlight their failures. You see some here or there, but it's definitely not something that's normalized because there's a stigma attached to it and we need to remove the stigma before we can move forward. Before you go, I need to tell you about our man test. 
Because as men, we can struggle to forge strong relationships, often by being bad communicators. I've definitely been there. This podcast is about helping you better understand who you are as a man to become the best version of yourself. And the team and I have designed a simple quiz for you to discover more about your identity as a modern man. It takes less than three minutes to complete and it's going to help you establish better relationships and form stronger connections. Whether that's with your partner, friends or co-workers, the man quiz is going to help you become more trustworthy, reliable and dependable in all your relationships. Find the link to the quiz in the show notes now. You never know, you might just learn something new about yourself that you didn't know before.